Welcome to Gaining Ground, One Day at a Time. Brought to you by Dr. Tron Malachowski. My name is Dr. Tron Malachowski, as you already know. This is our uh, fourth or fifth, maybe sixth podcast for gaining ground one day at a time. Um, as you guys know, this podcast was born out of a need and a desire for the patients that I take care of to know more. Um, I have, at this point in my career, we've probably seen over 100,000 patient visits at this time. And over the years, and just having those conversations with people, I've realized that people just want to know more about life. And in the time that I have with a patient, I don't have the time to talk to them about finances, about mindset, about um, different things that people just need to be equipped with to just do better in life. And I created this just really out of a need to make sure that people can really live a better quality of life. So I love to contribute to this podcast, but I also have people in my life and other people um, that know me and are around this country that know more than I do. And today we have the distinct pleasure of having Trent Creech here. Um, Trent is a former MMA fighter. Um, he's a jujitsu and grappling specialist He's probably the most well-known guy in the Charleston, South Carolina, if not the Southeast. Eh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like to think so. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, one thing you'll know, you'll understand and get to know about Trent is that his, uh, there's a lot of humbleness there, which really intrigued me um, because, you know, I was, I don't know if you know this, I spent time out in Davenport, Iowa, where I went to grad school. Okay. And there is an MMA camp out there, which you probably know of. Yep. Um, and the, the people that I was around and encountered while I was out there, it's just a completely different personality than you. And when I knew that someone was coming into the office that had that kind of background, I'd have to say I, um, I expected a certain type of person to walk in this office and you just weren't that. Um, but it's been a pleasure to get to know you over these last like six months. Um, but I really want to go back, kind of go back to when like you were a kid and growing up because there's a reason obviously like how you actually got into this yeah. or there's something that's actually fueling that. So I don't want to talk a whole lot. I really want to let Trent just really kind of go and vibe and really go off the cuff because we've been talking about this for a little while and I'm excited because I got the opportunity to do it now. So I'll stop talking and I'll let Trent fill in. Yeah. So, you know, Trent Creech, I am now, I've been living in Charleston here for the past three going on four years. Um, man, I've loved my time here and I was actually, you know, I'm really glad that I found you guys here. Yeah. Right, literally right down the road from my house, 15 yeah. minutes away, 10 minutes away from where I work at. It's perfect. You know, like I, I do, I get, I get beat up a lot as far as like, I don't know, maybe not necessarily get beat up, but my body gets banged up. I'm bent in all kinds of different positions. So like the chiropractic help here has really, really, really 
helped me as far as like in you know especially in the recovery sense because i always had trouble sleeping sure I always had trouble sleeping because like my upper back or my hips or my neck was always like jacked up and you know there's only so much that you can do from an athlete's point from a muscle perspective right, right or on your own yeah or on my own, just yeah. on my own i can't crack my own back i can't i can't adjust my preferably own not yeah, yeah preferably not you know there are, i'm sure there are ways you could do it but you guys have helped me like in a, an immense amount um, just wanted to say that. I just wanted to get that out there. So starting when I was like little, you know, I grew up on a farm and well, go back farther than that. So my mom had me when she was 17. Yeah. My mom was a saint and she uh, actually ended up being the valedictorian, had me here senior year of high school. Yeah. You know, she's, I, I didn't, I don't know if I got those brains of yeah. the family, yeah. but I definitely, I definitely got something out of it. I got, <laughs> I, got I definitely, I got the work ethic out of it. Yeah. So yeah, she had me when she was 17. Um, my dad was in my life for a little bit when I was a small child. And, you know, there was obviously, you're so young, you know, you don't really know what's like, what's, what's happening. And you think if I had a kid at 17, I wouldn't know what in the world to do. Sure. So, you know, at 17, you don't even know what to do. No, exactly. Most people you, you don't, don't, you don't even, you know anything about yourself yet, right? Right. Sure. So, my real dad came back into my life when I was like 13. In between that, my mom married my stepdad when I was six, seven, eight, somewhere around that age. Okay. Right? And before that, I lived with my grandparents. Okay. Right. So my mom, while after she had me, well, she was a valedictorian, she ended up going to nursing school, mm -hmm. right? Which we all know is, is not an easy school. Not at, at all. all. It's one of the hardest um, majors out there. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, from what I understand, it's gotten a little bit easier over the years, but, you know, my mom is now 40 something. Um, don't want to give away her age. You know, she might be kind of mad at me. Understood. You know, but um, yeah, she, uh, she was able to go to nursing school while having me like as a small child by herself, living with her parents still. And my grandparents kind of like raising me because she was always at school. Sure. Well, she wasn't at school, she was working. Sure. Um, yeah, so you know, my stepdad came into my life whenever he was, I guess if I was six, seven, eight, he'd have been like 24, 25. Yeah. Again, like I don't know a whole lot of 25 year olds that really should be raising a child. Yeah. Are really immature enough to raise a child. Yeah. I just think about myself at that age and I'm like, like what would I've done? Your mind's on a lot of yeah, other things. A lot of other things. Um, and I, at that, like a young age, I had a lot of like tough love. I like to call it. Um, as far as like tough, tough love from your grandparents, tough, tough love, love from, from everyone. So you know, I guess my granddad grew up in that era where like everything was tough love, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So and he was he was a he was a very sweet individual. He's also still a very hard individual, right? Yeah. He's also he was a pretty big guy too. Yeah. There's a lot of, I'm actually one of the smaller guys like in my, in my family, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was, he was hard on me from what I can remember. Um, and my stepdad also hard on me too. My stepdad's real dad was really hard on him. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that side of the family ever like necessarily like accept me besides him. He loved me to death. He absolutely still, and I still love him to this day. Yeah. He loved me to death. The rest of the family didn't exactly like accept me for like who I was. I was an outsider. Yeah. You so know? you felt like a black sheep. Oh, for a hundred percent, hundred percent all the time. Is that because like you were more of a physical guy and the family was more brains or is it because, uh, the circumstances, the way that your mother had you, you like, know, what was that I about? I, I really don't know. I want to say. Probably just because I was, and probably just because I was an outsider. I was an outsider coming in. I wasn't like those guys. I was a little bit bigger. 
Okay. You know, a little more, a little more muscular, a lot more athletic. Um, didn't quite have the confidence. I think the confidence came from me just being kind of like confused. It was like a small child. Okay. You know, because like most kids, you think about it. I remember being young and really thinking about this. Is like, okay, well, I live with my grandparents. Now I live with my stepdad, but I also have my real dad in the picture. And I'm kind of like, I have like three like father figures that are all giving me different things, right? Right. right. And I guess a couple of them weren't, I think they had good intentions. They just weren't what I needed at the time, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So during that time period, I was able to turn to sports and athletics, right? Sure. I was dealing with a lot of like bullying, like inside like my family and stuff. And I was kind of a shy kid. I've always been athletic, always been strong, but there's a difference that comes whenever you're like super shy and super uh, like, I guess just like, like I said, just confused. It was an know? outlet for you is what it yes. sounds like. Yep. It was a huge outlet. Yep. Especially when I got into like lifting weights and football, that was where everything kind of started to kind of like come together for me. Sure. It was like I could be myself like playing football mm -hmm. and lifting weights because there was like, I mean, there are rules in football, but like when we played football, right. like there were a lot less rules. Right. right. And it came natural to you. It's funny the similarity between the two of us because my mom had me when I was 20, 21. Um, single mother, it turned out that my, my dad uh, was an alcoholic. Um, and I didn't actually even meet my dad till I was 25 years old. Wow. I was in grad school. I was actually out in Iowa when I reached out to him for the first time. And it was sports that I started as a young kid that was an outlet for me that showed me discipline and it showed me respect and it showed me working with others. And there's just, there's so much I was able to take away from that yeah. from being a, you know, a young boy and growing up into a man. Um, but you know, with you, like, I, I'm guessing that's where that confidence that you have started to grow. So I'm not, I don't think the confidence, my confidence didn't start to grow there. Yeah. When I was, so you know, there's a difference between having confidence like on a football field, yeah. having confidence in the weight room, yeah. to having confidence like in the real world yep. when you're associated around people. Sure. Right. And I think part of me, like, like I said, I didn't fit in like with my own like family. So I didn't, I don't know if I, with the steps out of my family, but so I guess that kind of like portrayed over into real life. And I didn't know if I fit in like anywhere. I mean, mm. I've got a really good core group of friends. Yeah. And I, still to this day. But everywhere else, I just felt kind of like kind of off, right? Interesting. I don't know if it's how to like really like explain it, but yeah, I just felt a little bit off. Um, you know, and I was able to you know graduate high school, um, go play football for a year at Coastal Carolina University. Yeah, realized that I was just a big fish. I went from being a big fish in a small pond to, to a small opposite. fish in a big pond. Yeah. Right? Wasn't like didn't have my head on like super straight. Um, like partying, like other things. I was also working a lot at the time and I wasn't a money guy. I wasn't a guy that was getting paid to go there. So sure. it just kind of made sense that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to continue to play. Mm -hmm. I was just going to go to school. Yeah. Um, and you know, after that, I, I started training people. I was a personal trainer. Still, okay. still am to this day. Um, and I think my confidence really started boosting when I became a personal trainer. Look, looking back at it, um, because I was finally like in charge of something, right? I was in charge of the well-being of other people. Yeah. Right. And from that, like 
whenever you're around people like that, when you're trying to help someone lose weight, trying to help someone lose, be stronger, trying to help someone get faster, yeah. I can't go in there and be like, well, uh, uh, like, I don't, uh, like stuturing and making yeah, sure that, you know, yeah, yeah. Some, somebody's going to look at you and be like, oh, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Like, why am sure. I here with him, right? Yeah. Um, so looking back, I think that's where my confidence really, really started to, like, build. Okay. Um, but it really didn't start coming out until I would say my second or third year of actually doing jujitsu. Okay. Right. Um, and I started doing jujitsu whenever I was, I graduated college in 2018. So about halfway through my final year of college. Right. Um, Whenever I started doing it, it was like such like a humbling like feeling. And I think there's a, there's a difference between when people have like false confidence. You see, you see a lot of false confidence in guys, right? It's the bravado. It's the bravado. It's the, I'm going to get really loud. I'm going to bow my chest out. I'm going to make everyone else around me feel small because it makes me feel better. Right. Whereas like that's just false confidence, right? Yeah. 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 I always say their bark is a lot nastier than their bite. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's for me, it's like I've. I haven't always been able to tell that, but over you know the past like, you know, five years, I've been able to look at people and be like, well, he's just trying to make everybody else running feel small so that he <laughs> yeah. can feel better by himself, right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, so yeah, and I I started seeing that in, in other people, and I guess I also had like a little bit of that myself, right? Because you know, like say, well, when you're playing football, you almost have to have a like a, a slight ego about you. Yeah. Because you got to remember the plays you've got to think you can tackle the guy you got to think that hey like if i have to drop back in the coverage i can break the ball if i can catch the ball if i have to stop the run i can stop the run you know you have to have that type of ego about you but i'm not sure if that's a good type of ego yeah. to carry over into the real world because you can't just yell at everybody sure you can't just run through someone you know like you get in trouble for stuff like that sure yeah leadership Leadership shows people the way, not necessarily yeah. speaks the way. Yep. And I, I wanted to have Trent really touch on that for a minute because, like, getting to know him and being around him, there's just a, um, there's not, there's not an arrogance. There's really like a, uh, there's really a very quiet humbleness that comes across. But with that humbleness, there's a, there's, there's a just this sure of himself mentality and the way that he carries himself which was just really just for me it was just really interesting to see that and be a part of that and be around it in the office i just i really wanted to compliment you on that well, thank because you. even even though there may be it may be in social situations you may have like an internal strife and i don't know whether you do but it just kind of came to my mind yeah. like you know you said that you may not feel like you fit in at times like from what I feel and see, it feels it, it appears that you're completely comfortable in your skin yeah. in every situation that you walk into, just from an outside yeah, perspective. Yeah, so now, now def definitely now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that that just, that just came with time, and you know, like, so going back to like my stepdad, who like I love to absolute death now because he turned me into the person that I am. Yeah. Like, I grew up on a farm, and our farm didn't start getting big until like I left to go to college. Yeah. Right. So. Until then, like I was a labor, I was a, I was a machines. Yeah. Whereas like now everything you do is on machines. You can, yeah. You can ride around the air conditioner all day and not even break a sweat. So you're the workhorse. Yeah. Or you um, are. Which you know like is, is also gratifying to me because looking back at it, I can be like, wow, I did all this stuff with my hands. Yeah. Right. Um, but at the same time, like 
I really wish we'd had equipment back then, right? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But they also, uh, yeah. it, it also created the person that that I am. Yeah. Um, I get it. When I left Pennsylvania, because I grew up in Pennsylvania, when I left, my family all got snowblowers. Yeah. So I, like, <laughs> yeah, I used to shovel snow all the anymore. time. So yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. I get it. Um, but but yeah, you know, I, I think like going back to the confidence thing, um, I've always worked two or three different jobs, and I've always just like stayed busy. So I think one thing that helps me a lot with confidence is that, you know, I, I know that I put in the work. I know that everything I do is calculated. I know that when I go to bed at night that I've done everything I possibly could for the day. It's like your preparation. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I, I don't, maybe it's like a detriment at times. Um, I don't even go like a detriment. Maybe it can be like a hassle at times because, like, I constantly work, I'm constantly training, I'm constantly in the gym, like 24 seven. And like, it's put a strain on like past relationships. Mm. But my girlfriend now is an absolute saint and she loves doing stuff with me. Yeah. She's also a workaholic too. So it makes it, it's perfect, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th I think like with the confidence thing, I think that whenever you get to a point where you know what you have to do and you're able to go do it yeah. and you do it day in and day out, regardless if you want to or not. And it's not like a motivation thing just because me personally, motivation is kind of, kind of bullshit, you know, mm. it, I, yeah. I, it, it is a hundred percent. I think it's, I think it's more like a discipline thing. Right. So like, I can't, I, if I looked at you and I told you like, Hey, I want to go to the gym every single day. I want to go train for two hours every single day and get a lift in afterwards. Yeah. I will be lying to your face. Yeah. It's not every day that I want to do it, but yeah. I know that if I don't do it, I don't full, I don't do not feel fulfilled for that day. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I know I have to do it. And if I don't do it, which is once every blue moon. Yeah. It's actually a really good point. So it's kind of like the, uh, you working a lot as a, as a kid and having three jobs and being, you know, taught the hard way has led to really self-discipline because yes. really that's what it is. It's, yep. it's discipline in your life that's allowing you to be able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish personally and also professionally. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. We can speak to that. You know, like, uh, you know, the office that we're sitting in here now as we're filming this, like it was, it was born out of blood, sweat and tears yeah. because there was always a dream to, to help change people's lives. And if, that wasn't persisted through it would have never it would have never come to fruition yeah so i think that's a i think that's a message that a lot of people need to hear that motivation is bs yeah you know like can you get pumped up and motivated to go do something in your life you can yes but i think it's more i think like self-talk and the way that you talk to yourself and like understanding and saying to yourself that although I don't necessarily want to do that right now, it's what's best for me and the people that's around me. Yep. And even though I don't feel like it, it really doesn't matter what I feel like doing. It's a matter of getting it done mm -hmm. because I know that's what needs to be done. Yeah. And another thing like touching on that is that this is going to sound super cliche, but it is 100% the truth is yeah. that people don't do hard things anymore, especially people like I'm 27. You know, even I, I've, I've made a point, you know, since I was probably 22, yeah. I'm going to do something like super hard every single day. Right. I'm also, you know, I've worked out, you know, I have worked out pretty much every single day doing something since then. 
right? Um, regardless if we went out and we were like partying or what when I went out when I was younger, I always made sure I did something that was like super, super, super hard. Whether it is is something as small as taking an ice bath in a thirty degree ice tub, right? right. Or sitting in a two hundred degree sauna. Right. Or going and working out for two hours. Or right. going and doing positional drills in jiu-jitsu for, you know, two hours. It's always like something to do. I think it really brings you down to earth because it re- makes you realize like how vulnerable you are and that you're human. Right. Yeah. Wow, man, you're like going down a trail here. So like, um, it, it's an excellent point because when we become soft and don't do things that challenge us, we just continue to get softer. Yes. Right. Yep. Like, you know, there's been a number of mentors have talked to me about, you know, become comfortable doing uncomfortable things. Yes. You know, when I bring associates here in the office, it's my job to work on making them uncomfortable and going into situations that they're uncomfortable with so that when they open up their office, they're conditioned to face the music, yep. to have an unpleasant conversation or confront a patient that just continues to um, have poor health habits and they keep saying they want to, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And that be upfront and direct and have a conversation with them, even though they don't want to. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and going back to that, I think like the, 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 the one of the easiest things to do is you talk, talk about like from a health perspective is for people to literally just like put the spoon down. You know what I yeah. mean? Put the spoon down, put the fork down. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard, but like... Yeah. Well, it's addictive. It, I mean, the food it, these it's days very, is addictive. It's very addictive, right? But doing something like as small as that can set you off in a direction to do something else to say, hey, I didn't eat that candy bar today. Right. Now right. I can go work out right. because I don't feel like crap whenever I get home from work. Right. right? I was strong enough right. to be able to do that exactly, and I right. can actually do something else. Yes. Yep. Because that's uncomfortable. Mentally, right? And there's like, I think there's like mental barriers that everyone has to like break like eventually. Let's say like, especially weight, we're on weight loss. Weight loss is a perfect example, right? Yeah. The first step, right, is easy. It's, it's all it's in the weight loss journey is always pretty easy. Everybody's like, oh, I'm good for a day. I'm good for a week. I'm good for a month. Then somebody's like, hey, like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And all of a sudden, you start to kind of fall off the wagon just a little right. bit, right? Right. Whereas all you have to do is be like, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I'm going to bring my food with me. I'm going to come hang out with you guys, but I'm not going to, you know, drink, like, right. 15 beer, you know? Right. Like, just something as small as, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. I have a different take on that. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I can't even say I'm an avid rock climber. I wish I was a rock climber. I enjoy doing it, but I really only go every so often. Yeah. But I followed um, some of the best in the world, and there's some that's on TV. And there's a guy, and unfortunately right now he escapes my name, but he's a free climber. He climbs with no ropes. Yeah. And there's plenty of movies out there on him. And um, he was set out to climb the hardest route at El Capitan in, I think it's in Yosemite. And... He had spied out the route for months in his preparation, and he had a wife and a baby that was on the way. And mind you, this is one of the hardest routes known to man, especially in America. Probably one of the hardest sports ever invented. (laughs) Exactly. And the history behind it's incredible. But after interviewing him, after he successfully made the climb, they said, what was the hardest part of the route? You know, was it pitch 14 when you had to do this you know, specific type of move or whatever? Or, 
you know, was it when that spot where everybody dies? You know what he said? Starting. He said it was putting my hand on the rock. <laughs> the first move he made. Yeah. He said that was the hardest one he had to overcome. And then once he got past that, the rest was all the preparation that he had already done yeah. and the preparation that you talked about. Yeah, and I, 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 I get that one 100%. Just, I was using like, the, so the weight loss example is starting light with weight loss because everybody can eat right for a day. Yeah. And I think it comes with the discipline thing too. But I guess that's just like jujitsu. You, know, you know, like a lot of people that come into our jujitsu gym, I will have people come in there three or four times and walk through the door and say they're coming before they finally come, right? Yeah. Just because it's something new and it's like terrifying. Whereas like, I know if I was to walk up to a rock wall right now or a, like a free climbing wall, I would be like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I, yeah, yeah, I might not even want to touch yeah. the wall, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I agree in certain things. Sometimes the hardest thing is just taking that, taking that first step. hundred you know? percent. Good. Well, we've been going a lot about that. I really want to talk about some of your, you know, your MMA, your jujitsu, like that's, that's like your grappling, like that's your bread and butter, what yeah. you love. Yep. Um, Talk to me about, like, we're talking about this mindset, and it's really what I really kind of want to dig into you a little bit. I'm sure in some of the matches that you've been in and some of the fights, there's this position where, like, you get into where you're just like, holy crap, how do I get out of that? Yeah. How do you keep that mindset at a even keel and prevent yourself from going off the rails. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I was actually just talking about this on, on my podcast um, this past Saturday. Which is what? Um, What's it called? The Fattier. The Fattier. The Fattier. You know, P-H-A-T? P-H-A-T. The Fattier Podcast. Okay. Um, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Listen to it, guys. So, so one of the things that really helps me out is the way that we train. And that comes from having good mentors, right? Everybody needs, has to have good mentors to be successful. Correct. Nobody's really going to get there by themselves. Right, you're always going to have good mentors helping you along the way. Yeah. So my coach here in Charleston, which I'm glad that I found, he has a, he's not only is my coach, he's one of my best friends too. Um, we do what is called positional rounds, right? So a lot of schools, what they do is they don't put their guys in bad spots, right? Just like, oh, well, if this guy's a really good wrestler, he's just going to take everybody down. He's going to hold everybody down, and he's never going to get put on his back, right? Whereas like what we do is, so you said a lot of schools. Don't put people in bad spots. Don't put people in bad spots in training, right? Okay. So if you're not in bad spots every single day in training, you're not going to be able to, you're definitely not going to be able to do it in competition, right? Sure. Because in competition, I don't care who you are, you're not going to compete as good in competition as you do in the gym, right? right? It is just 100%, just like playing football, right? You're never going to run that route as good as you do in practice in the game, right? It's just, it's human nature. We, We know when there's something on the line, our, our, I guess our mental capacity is just a little bit elevated. Yeah. And maybe we're going to take a step over. Maybe we're going to take a step under because we're thinking about getting to that point so fast, right? Sure. Whereas what we do is in bad positions, say someone starts on my back, right? They start on my back. They have both of their hooks in, both of their feet in between my legs, and they're already starting out with kind of like a half choke. It's called a, called a seatbelt grip when somebody has one hand under my armpit and one hand across my shoulder, right? Yeah. So they're already starting out in choking position. And we're, we'll do three to five minute rounds and it's like, okay, get out. Or we'll start with somebody in mount on you. So mount is pretty much when the guy's past my upper body right here, Yeah. his hips are seated across my hips and he's on top of me, my, my back is flat on the mat. That's a bad position. Yes, or we'll start out with an arm bar 
with the guy on our arm and we already have our hands locked in the S grip and it's like, okay, now get out of the arm bar. Yeah. And we'll do that in all these different positions. So staying calm in those positions is, is, is crucial, right? And that's one thing I really pride myself on a lot of other guys that train with us is that you can put us in all these bad positions yeah. and my facial expression is never going to change at all. Yeah. I'm going to keep the same same facial expression and the same confidence because I've been there a million times. So again, just you being exposed to it in your preparation Every over and day. over and over again. Yeah. Again, it's, and it's, the, so good, it's the same thing as like doing something hard every single day. It's your preparation right. yeah. over and over again. Yep. And you know, like me coming from a football background, I was able to learn how to wrestle pretty quick. So yeah, I could go into the gym, I could take everybody down, I could hold everybody down, I could submit everybody. Yeah. But that's not doing me any good, right? I'm only working on the things that I'm good at. Right. The things I'm bad at when I get put in a bad spot, because you eventually will get put in a bad spot. Whether it's, you know, jiu-jitsu, whether it's life, whether it's playing football, yeah. whether it's wrestling, you get put in a bad spot. Yeah. But if you're never in those bad spots, you're never going to learn how to get out of them, right? So I know that... What a metaphor for life, huh? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Let me make a t-shirt with that on it. Yeah. Um, say that again. Just say it again for me. I have to. I don't know if I can say the exact <laughs> words again, right? So, yeah, no, no, no matter like what you're doing, you need to get, put yourself in bad spots, whether it is in life, whether it's jiu-jitsu, whether it's wrestling, whether yeah. it's football. We need to, like, do things, again, do things that are hard, yeah. right? So guess what I don't want to do when I go to practice? I don't want somebody to start on my back. I don't want this guy to try to choke me, but I know in the back of my head it's going to make me a better person. It's going to make me confident in all these different positions that I'm in. Yes. Right? And I also know that, okay, I can go there and I can play my game. I can do everything that I want to do. And if he gets there, cool. I've been there a million different times, right? Hmm. I'm okay with just being there and getting out, working out. Gotcha. Yeah, so it, um, it, I have, I've had mentors in everything I've ever been good at from yeah. photography to playing ball to personal training. I did personal training as well. Again, it's funny how much we have in common. Um, but I've also got a number in the, in the professional world as well. And one of the docs had always said, we fall to the level of our training. Yeah. Um, and that always stuck with me because I never wanted to be put in a position where I didn't know or I didn't understand. You know, the docs that I've trained over the years, I train them hard because I always want them to be in a position to know exactly how to respond when it comes to a specific movement of a bone. Mm -hmm. Because we're masters at moving the upper cervical anatomy. Um, and whenever there's a, a misalignment and when it ever presents to me, I want it my goal was to always be at a point where I was unconsciously competent, where I didn't have to think about it. I just had to react, yeah. which I'm sure it, what it sounds like plays into what you do every day on the yep. mat. Yep. Um, whether it's like MMA or jujitsu, you know, like everything happens in like milliseconds. Right. Right. So, the, I mean, the human mind, yes, I guess, you know, we Technically, we can we, we can process stuff that fast, yeah. But our body is not going to move that fast, right? Right. So, drilling that and doing those types of things over and over and over again, it just becomes muscle memory, right? Yeah. Where you're just going instead of you having like a like a very like cognitive like thought process and like reasoning ability, you just relate back to your monkey brain because you've done it so many times and you're able to just do it. You know just I mean? do it again. That's just like you know us being in all those bad positions. It's yeah, the preparation. Being like, again. hey, like, I'm okay. I yeah. know I'm okay. Yeah. 
And I think it also goes back to, you know, like I, I think that really helps out a lot with like, with people's, I think a way to put it, helps out a lot with people like in that sport to, hmm, with, for people in, in the sport of like jujitsu and the sport of MMA, for them to have like a calmness about them. Yeah. Because they know they're going to be okay. They know it could always be worse. Mm. I know myself, I'm like, I'm usually, I say usually 99.9% of the time, I'm super calm in like any situation I'm in because I'm like, okay, this could always, it could always be worse. Yeah. There's always something worse that could happen. Yeah. And having that like confidence about like, okay, well like I'm okay here. I'm okay there. You know, like I know that let's say using a sit, I, I fought through traffic to get here today, right? I know if I'm fighting through traffic, some people get upset and I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay. There's nothing I can do about it. You know? Yeah. 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 It speaks so much to life. Um, man, that was so good. Uh, you know, I, I, I take away again, it reinforces the fact of just preparation. Like, you know, so for our patients and you know, the students and the people that we take care of, like it's about facing your fears and going through the preparation every single day, like pointing out what is it that you're fearful of? Like, what is it that's preventing you from getting to where you want to be and really work on leaning into that and facing it each day, whether it's getting in the gym, whether it is learning how to adjust properly, whether it is, um, uh, putting, buying some sneakers and going out to start to walk if you're, you know, almost full, uh, you're overweight, whatever it is, it's just a matter of getting it and flexing that muscle each day and becoming more and more and more prepared. That's what it's about. Yep. You agree? Yep. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. And I think if you prepare yourself for no matter like what you, what you have going on, like in life, I do think that you're going to come out be a more confident person, be a more positive person and just have an overall better outlook on life. Because I think a lot of people have bad outlooks and bad attitudes about life because they know, they just, in the back of their mind, they know they're not prepared for that day, mm. right? They, they know they're not prepared for the next week, the next month. Whereas if you can sit down and be disciplined and really get everything you need in a row, yeah, right? You check off all your boxes every single night before you go to sleep. If you don't yeah. check off one box, hey, I'm gonna hit it tomorrow, yeah. right? That's going to bring you confidence. That's going to bring you peace of mind. Mm. No more comfortable being comfortable anymore. No. Right. No. Start to yep. get used to being uncomfortable and being okay with that. Yep. That's so good. Guys, check out uh, Trent's uh, podcast, Fat Ear, P-H-A-T. Yep. He does that with, you do that with your mentor, don't you? With your, with your buddy or so your coach? So I do that with my girlfriend and one of my best friends. Okay. Right. And my, my girlfriend does jujitsu with me and one of my best friends. Um, Isaac Figueroa, he, um, he's one of my main training partners. Right. So yeah, he That's is, right. um, yeah, he is, he's with us and he's might as well be my, be my brother. We're, we're, awesome. we're, we're together every, awesome. every single day, right? Brother for brother, um, mother, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do, we do that podcast every Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And we usually have, you know, a different guest on, or if not, we have people like send us like topics to talk about, whether it be within the martial arts world yep. or, you know, different things going on, like throughout life. Yes. You know, we talk about literally anything stuff like this yeah gotcha and you also have created a training program can i talk about that um you can it's not out yet okay all right so sorry about that but i i want to let you guys know that this this guy this 
this incredible human being is starting to put out a training program for people that want to get better. Yep. They want to get better at life. They want to get in shape. And for someone with his expertise, it's something to absolutely check out. Yep. So I'm developing an app and the app is called Match Strength Fitness, right? So that kind of relates back to being very, very, so the muscle is your body's body armor, right? The people that are the most muscular, the most fit and the most in shape are most of the time wrestlers, right? Wrestlers, they do things so much that their connective tissue just becomes so hard, mm. right? They become so strong. You know, the mm. guys, they just like grab your wrist, they shake your hand. Yeah. Those, even those old guys that shake your hand, they're just like, wow, this dude's got a vice grip, right? You just know. You, ju you just know that guy's strong, right? And most of the time, whenever people are very, very, very strong like that, they don't have problems with their body, right? So that is how like I train people, and that is also how I train myself, right? Because the last thing I want to do is get injured and, you know, let's say like I slip a disc in my back. Like, I don't want that, right? Everything that I'm developing in this program is going to be around, revolving around like bulletproofing your body, right? Whether it be your knees, whether it be your hips, your ankles, your back, your shoulders, whatever. Um, and with that program, whenever it comes out, it's going to have a daily workout that's sent to you every single day of the week at 10 p.m. And there'll also be videos of myself and my girlfriend doing the movements correctly. And so there are no discrepancies about anything about how to do movements, right? Sure, they'll be able so, to see it. Yep, so let's say if Perfect. you want like a barbell bench press, you click on the link, it takes you right to a video sure. of me and my girlfriend doing the movement. Perfect, Right. and what will that be called? So the name of the app is gonna be called Matt Strength Fitness. Matt Strength Fitness. Yep. Got it. Yep. And whenever it's out, I will definitely, uh, I'd like to come back on here and talk about it. That's okay. that, 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 like for that. sure, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, it's still in the works, right? Um, I'm not a software developer by any means. I've worked on it a little bit, so I'll have to turn it over to somebody, so some, somebody else. Yeah, yeah, it's taking yeah, time. Yeah, I guess the guys that are, uh, that, you know, are a little bit, a little bit smarter than myself. So interesting. Well, yeah. thank, thanks so much for uh, sharing that with us because there's some people out there that could definitely benefit from something like that. You know, at the end of our program, we always like to finish with a quote, but with what we talked about, it kind of almost trumps the quote. And it's, I, it makes me think of what Mike Tyson said so many years ago, is that how people have got a plan or a perfect plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yep. Well, here's the thing, guys. When you're prepared and you're used to being uncomfortable, you can take those punches in the mouth all day long, yep. right? Like we take them here, like we take our licks with um, um, uh, someone not coming in when they were supposed to and it, and it changes the schedule. Like it feels like you got punched in the mouth, but you know what? You just roll with it. Yeah. You got me? Yep. So, yep, hey, Trent, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. I think these guys will get a lot out of this. Um, and, yeah, I think we could work that out of having you back because yeah, I kind of know sure. the guy that does this. So. Yeah, yeah. Is that cool? He, he, he's all right, guy. You know? <laughs> cool. Yeah, dude, thank you all so right, much bye. for having me, man. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Trent. Yes, sir.